It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, happy you could be with us today. This is uh, going to be a, a different kind of show. I'm just going to talk with you today. We don't have a tape, and uh, I don't I don't have anybody joining me uh, on the air, though, though that's coming in future shows. I've got some exciting guests coming on, and uh, I don't know what about... I guess around this time of year, everybody is uh, convening in conventions and going here and there, but I thought today... I'm, I, want, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about something that relates to sharing your faith. This is a little thing that I've learned that uh, helps, helps you be effective at presenting the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm an evangelist, and I think everyone's called to do evangelism, but not, not everybody is it like second nature. Sometimes I can't help it. I, I'm sure my wife often praise when we travel or go on an airplane, I'll just keep my big mouth shut. But I, I, <laughs> I, I just find it so easy to talk to people about, about Christ. That it's, it's, uh, I, I, before I know it, I'm off and running. But uh, part, of, part of sharing your faith is learning to think like Jesus, to uh, see as Jesus sees. And Jesus has a way of seeing, you know, behind what's going on. The first time I ever shared my faith, I was just a, I was a Christian just a few weeks. It's a true story. I was, I was like 19. And the city I grew up in springtime, they had a big heart, a sort of apple blossom festival. And thousands, at that time, tens of thousands of people came to this thing. And I'd been a Christian, I think, no more than a week or two. And I was with some friends and they started sitting down talking to people about, about Christ. So I thought, well, you know, I don't, I don't know anything, but I can tell my story over. That's one of the things I've learned is people really like your story. You just tell it over and over again. Only the only thing was, I didn't realize you didn't have to be in the same room I was in when I received Christ <laughs> or say the same formula. I, I had no idea, but I sat down and started talking to this group of kids and God, they got really interested. And so I told them my story and, and I told it and, and then I told it again, and then a whole bunch more people circled around, and so I stood up and I told it again. And and I think I was on my, my fifth storytelling, and, and there were easily almost 150 like people about my age at the time, a college student, standing around listening. And finally, one of them hollered out. He said, great, how do we get it? <laughs> and I said, I am in. You got to follow me. And we had this this house these people owned that was a big house that they did Bible studies I went into. So I told them all, I said, well, follow me to this house and they know how to do it to you. <laughs> That's all I knew. So let me assure you, one, you don't have to really know what you're talking about to explain the love of God to people. So when we got there, no exaggeration, it is kind of on a, a records, a, annals, a history of evangelism at this particular organization, 96 kids followed me to that house. We had them in every room, and they had to go from group to group to 10 to 15. I just watched them as they did. I learned I learned how you do this, and it was astounding. And you're saying, well, Doug, how did that, how does that, what's that have to do with me? I don't know, except that I can tell you that God will back his action if you just kind of step out there. I On the University of Washington campus, I started a church that we started a, a little, how we then we bought a big house next to the the campus there, UW, or leased it rather, initially. And uh, I was invited to this club to come and speak, and and uh, so I said, sure, I'll go. And it was it was a couple hundred kids, and uh, 
and and I brought a band with me this time. I thought, you know, we'll just see what happens. By then, I I knew that sometimes God did things that were just kind of surprising. We ended up having that almost that entire club organization right on the University of Washington campus receive Christ. Why? Why? Well, because I gave them the opportunity. See, when you share your faith, you're not responsible for anything other than providing the opportunity. Isn't that a wonderful thought? See yourself as an opportunity giver. And I'm making some of you nervous now. You say, well, I, I, I know a lot of you have been taught, well, I don't have to think about that. I don't have evangelistic call. Well, you know, you're right. My research, which is pretty extensive in this area, says that about 10 to 15% of any church are probably people like me, where you can't help but you're bringing people to Christ. Even, I mean, I have prayed the Honestly, I have prayed that God wouldn't have people talk to me on airplanes because I'd be tired and I'd know where we would go. And and that's there are about ten to fifteen percent of us that are like that. And and you know, it's a unique thing I realize. But we all are to be sharers of good news. That's all you have to do is just share good news. It's just good news for people. Now, I'm a horrible counselor. I I'm really I'm really not a good pastor. I I I was a pastor for a long time and people would say I was better than I was, but I'm, let me assure you I'm a I'm a lousy pastor cuz I I would have people share stuff with me and and I would smile on the outside but on the inside I would be saying what in the world is wrong with you? What are you what are you thinking? Come on. And I now I once in a while I actually said that, but <laughs> But I'm just not a really good person that you probably want to have to help you get through a lot of stuff. But I do by discipline, as we all should. But I'm I'm a natural, uh, you know, person that's sharing the faith. I, I remember I went to Walla Walla once, and I was invited to talk to uh, the guys on death row, and uh, they had death penalty then, and and. and uh, I led three of them to Christ for real, genuine, and uh, one of them eventually had his his sentence overturned, and actually ended up coming to our church. I didn't tell anybody, hey, you know, because it wasn't fair to him, and it was a little scary when you think about it, having a murderer around. But the grace of God can come and reach. In fact, I sense right now you may be listening, and you may not have said yes to Jesus yet. And I, I have some of my friends. <clears throat> who uh, have helped me with the show here, say, Doug, doggone it. There are people listening who, who need to know Jesus. Please tell them that, that, that they can know him right where they are. So I'm going to pause right now, and I'm just going to say, he is more real to you and near to you now than your very breath. That's what the Bible says. He's very near to you. And all you, all you have to do is do basically what I said. I just said, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, I say yes to you. I was a fairly young man when I received Christ, but I was in a, a whole lot of trouble, just a lot of trouble. Uh, had been selling an awful lot of drugs, which which back in those days was much more serious than it is today because now it's, it's pretty common. But I I know when I said yes to Jesus, a phenomenal thing happened to me. One I was I was in in trouble with drugs, and the instant I said yes to Christ, I had no desire again, and I immediately knew what forgiveness felt like. It, it I don't you know being forgiven. Let me tell you, it's a great feeling. You fe- it's actually you know I've discovered over 
now 50 years of, of sharing Christ with people watching, it's a physiological phenomenon even. Because the Bible talks about the weight of sin. Do you know that if you've not received Christ, your heart could be heavy right now? And that feeling you have where you can hardly catch your breath sometime, that can be the weight of all the compounded guilt, all the compounded pain and hiding you've had to do. And when you say yes to Christ, the Bible says he's quick to forgive. I've watched this over the years, and literally people's facial expressions change. I'm going to say I've even watched their breathing change. I mean, there, there are, there's a physiological side to forgiveness that's often overlooked that I know psychologists, psychiatrists will confirm exactly what I'm saying. That's why one of the most horrible things you can do to a person is not forgive them. Because forgiveness is an emotional thing, a spiritual thing that carries with it physical implications as well. And, and you know, I, I sense, I, I just want to assure you today, if you, if you need forgiveness, let me tell you, let me tell you, you're not unusual. <laughs> you're, you're, welcome to the club. You, you are common. The Bible says we all, we all walk through the same ground. We, we all put on the same skin. There's nobody perfect. There's none righteous, the Bible says, no, not one. And Christ accepts you, and he will forgive you, and he will empower you. But all you, it's really in your hands. You simply say yes to Jesus, and you will have a release that's incredible. I, I have people tell me this all the time. The sky is bluer. The food tastes better. People seem better. My life has remarkable inroads. And I'm going to tell you what happens. When you are connected with Christ daily, spectacular things happen. Now, you may struggle with depression. You may have some illness. You may have this, that, and the others. But God heals that. And you it's not that you're just going to every day, I mean, one day magically just have all your problems go away. But you will have a partner is the, is the genius of it. God will be walking with you because you've invited him. And you have to invite him. I, I uh, The Bible makes it clear that that it doesn't happen just automatically because he's lighted the heart of every man. You know, you know he's there. And the Bible says you have to invite him to join you in your life. He's given you your life, one life to live, and you can fight it out on your own or you can allow Christ to join you in in that walk. I, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I considered Christ. It was... I had a rock band, and our drummer's name was Mike. He's passed on years ago from uh, uh, cancer, but his parents let us practice in their basement. But one of the one of the trade offs were when we were college students was whenever Billy Graham was on TV, we had to watch. <laughs> but we needed a place to put our stuff where we can get stolen and. And uh, he had a great warehouse on their property. So we all naively agreed to this. Well, you just got to watch Billy Graham. Who's Billy Graham? I don't know. Billy Graham. I've, I since, uh, year, years later, met Billy and his wife and, and, and was a co-chair of one of his events and, and never would have thought at that point in Mike Harris's basement watching him on TV, I would ever know him. But, I mean, we put him on there. And it, just the way he said even the word Jesus and invited us to come was like, oh, my goodness, I've never heard anything like this. And I, I remember we all sat there and tried to make fun, but we, we couldn't that much. And, and so Christ got a little seed in my heart there. And I started thinking, boy, you know, I am, I'm going to move into 
thinking seriously about God someday. <laughs> someday. I think there's something here, but someday. Well, my day came not too long after, and I'm glad it did. Hey, we're going to break in now, and uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. It's a little different show today, and, uh, and uh, I've got some exciting guests coming up this month I'll come back with. But one of the one of the things we're doing with the Mirren Group since I've decided to get back in the saddle and, and really go with it with gusto is that we are doing some seminars, training, which I, I call them schools of evangelism for churches. I find that about 10 to 15% of any church are naturally inclined Share the faith, but we never train them how to do it. I've been doing it my whole life, and I enjoy sharing that. So if you'd like to be part of it, just go to our website, which is uh, dot com, and you can write there, request information. And if you'd like to give to support us, we the money does covers air uh, airtime with uh, the station and with some of our other deals. Sometimes I buy research, sometimes... We just, you know, have have a little overhead here and there, equipment and whatnot. You, you help us do that. No, we're, we're not we're not trying to to do much with the show personally and all of that, but it does cost us to stand here, and your help can really uh, be beneficial. So if you'd like to do that, just go to our website, and there's a mailing address there, DougMearAndRadio.com, or you can give right through PayPal there. And I assure you, well, we're going to put it to work. I have no offer to share with you today. I will say I may surprise you, however, and send you something whether I promise to or not. But I'm but I'm not promising. But I may, I may. I do want to encourage you as uh, to go to our friends at Faith Life. It's called FaithLife.com, and they have many programs. And if you buy one of their programs and you mention "Caught on Tape" with Doug Murin, you say "Caught on Tape" with Doug Murin. They are investing part of their income from what you buy from them, if you notify them, it's for us, back into our shelves. So they're helping invest in us. So, And those products, man, their products are super. In fact, in some of the shows, I'm going to have one of their guys get on and talk about them. They're just astounding programs that will help you study and all of that. But your help is really, really important right now. Uh, we, I had initial cycles that people have invested in the show, and we're hitting one where I need to just amp it up a little bit, so your consideration is very appreciated. This month, we'd like to make an offer available from our friends at Faith Life Bible. For any gift at our website, dougmirinradio.com, you will receive this month the hard copy Bible from Faith Life. This study Bible is loaded with the latest in Bible scholarship and will be sent right out to you by our friends at Faith Life. Or you may mail gifts to Doug Murin, caught on tape at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Please forward any questions to doug.murin at gmail.com. You will love this hard copy illustrated Bible. You can also receive an offer from Faith Life and the Murin Group for Bible software packages by any size gift at dougmurinradio.com in the gift section. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. I'm going to tell you, one of the first steps to experiencing Christ and helping those experience Christ around you is You've got to kill the lies of the enemy in your life. John 8.32 says Satan is the father of lies. I've learned this. I've learned that most of us are held up not by other people, not by illness even, not by uh, our our own wrongdoings always, but there seems to be uh, a little bottleneck that happens when we believe things that aren't true when we believe lies. And Satan is the father of all lies. So you read in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, 
if you if you'll note that that the enemy told a half truth. See, you you're you're stuck in sometimes half truths, and 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 the Satan in the garden said, to you, "Did God really say?" And after to get you to question or lies can be just utter fabrications, things that are utterly and totally untrue, just totally untrue. I was I was uh, in uh, the Muslim uh, Muslim area uh, portion of of Yugoslavia uh, one day and and got kind of sidetracked and ended up in a in a winery of all places and and. Uh, uh, sat down and had a glass of wine with with a, a guy who refused to have wine with me because he was a Muslim and I never drank wine because I don't drink alcohol. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll at least be nice. But I started talking to him, and he believed some of the weirdest lies about what it was to be a Christian. And sometimes lies are made up around us so that we will miss God completely. And truth, truth from God, destroys all fabrications. Things that are made up about you. Do you know one of the enemy's things is to tell lies about you? I have a, I had a friend who spent most of his life in prison. And it all started when his father told him every day, you're no good and you're never going to amount to anything. That was a lie because nobody's absolutely without any goodness. That just isn't true at all. But this this friend of mine grew up as a little boy, his father saying, you're no good and you're never going to amount to anything. Well, you know... I wrote his life story, and, and, and that happened to him. Eventually, he became a hitman for the mafia. And you know why he told me he may as well, because he's no good and he's never going to amount to anything. Some of you have lies Satan has put over your life that are fabrications. They're just lies. He's the father of lies who said that nobody liked you. You're not going to amount to anything. You're, you're bad. You're stupid. You're unwanted. No, I, I'll assure you, everybody's wanted by somebody if you just get around people who get to know you. I've never met anybody I, I didn't really instantly feel God's love for. So I know it's a lie. There are fabrications, there are lies, and he's the father of lies. And when you come to Christ, the truth is God's embrace is ready to heal you. A lot of times there are exaggerations uh, that are the forms of, of lying. I, I, uh, I, I've, I've have a couple, I have one friend in particular I'm thinking of, I don't want to tell on him because God love him, but whatever, whatever story he tells me, I always cut it in half. <laughs> if he says there were 300 people, I don't know. Okay, there's probably 150. Um, <clears throat> but but he's an encouraging guy to be around, I'm going to tell you. But sometimes exaggerations can keep you from God because you, you, you just feel like it has to be spectacular or it's not God. No, I'm going to tell you something. That's, there are lies of exaggeration. There's misinformation also is another kind of lie. The enemy likes to give you wrong info. I I met a, a a fellow once. I was uh, I was on a campus sharing Christ, and he came up to me and he told me I've committed the mortal sin. Now I immediately wondered what the mortal sin was, and I I realized he was talking about the unforgivable sin, uh, which is I guess I've been told I don't I've never really felt confirmed enough to say it's for sure, but the saying that. That say that Christ's work is Satan's work, or he is Satan. I've, I've heard that, but he he told me that I've, I've committed a moral sin, and I said, you know, there there's no there's no sin like that. <laughs> there's no sin. You've been misinformed. Let me tell you the truth: that God desires truth in the inward part, and he's he's that lie is there to keep you from getting God's truth in your inward part. 
here's the truth. God wants you. And I paused. I looked him in the eye and I said, he doesn't want to just tolerate you. That's misinformation. The truth is, God wants you. He made you. Christ died for you. You are wanted. If you're listening today, get rid of the misinformation. You are wanted. And and sometimes disinformation the enemy will use. And uh, sometimes we give him good disinformation. I, I've had, over the years, I've been at this a long time, I've had many people that I followed as leaders disappoint me severely with wrongdoing. I've had friends who were leaders steal money. I've had them have affairs. I've had them uh, lie. I've had them do unthinkable things. And in, in many, many cases, they were able to recover their lives and come back. But this kind of disinformation, the enemy uses that. Don't you let other people's failings keep you from God? Because that's what I would call disinformation. It's an incomplete truth. The truth is we've all fallen. And the truth is that God's forgiveness though at times comes with some stern conversation, is always available. And I sense some listening, you know, don't, don't let disinformation keep you from God. He's, he's here, and he's the truth, and, and he still uses, the enemy does the same lies he did in the garden. He tells lies about God. Did God say, or God wants to hold you back? He, the, re, the, reason, the reason he didn't want to eat that fruit is he knows you'll live forever and you'll be just like him. He's, a, he's afraid of that happening. Well, our nation and every nation in the world prior to Christ's return has also been occupied by lying spirits, the Bible says. Sometimes they manifest themselves in lying prophets who tell lies. Sometimes we, in our weakness, uh, you know, deny the truth, and bad things happen. I, I was meditating on Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the other day out of Second Kings 5, and he made up a lie so he could steal money from someone who felt ingratiated to Elijah, and, uh, and, and it didn't work out well for him. And we all think that lies are going to get us okay. We're going to be okay. Ananias and Sapphira, what'd they do? They tried to hide some of treasure that belonged to God. Cain tried to lie to God. He said, oh, where, where my, my brother's keeper? You can't get away with a lie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up today and say this. I, I, I went on a little, this is an unusual show for me. I'm kind of surprised by it. But let me, let me encourage you to kind of come to the truth. Come and tell the truth about yourself to God. He'll tell you the truth about himself. Because the enemy has wanted you to believe lies about God too. God is not against you. He is for you. By the way, he is for you. God is for you. God is for you. Say it again. God is for you. And he's for you today. And I just pray as uh, we wind up the show that many of the lies that have been told to you about you and around you will now be dissipated by the power of his Holy Spirit. And you'd see the just a wonderful, genuine, natural truthfulness about God in your life. It's just plain like vanilla ice cream. There's nothing fancy, nothing surprising. You can trust God. I'm often asked by my friends, how can they pass the show around? You know, can, can we do it? Yeah, they're all, they're all on KCISradio.com. Uh, KCISradio.com. You go there. Every single show we've done is there. Or you can go to our website, DougMurinRadio.com, and they're all there, too. There are two places. And you can have your friends listen to any show you want to. You can direct them there. And if you'd like to, again, let me just say, if you'd like to 
help us uh, research, help us promote, help us even do events. If you'd like to help us do events, you can go to our website, DougMearnRadio.com, and we'll put the money to work making sure we're doing evangelism, because that's, that's what we're really about. You've probably figured that out already. So have a super, super week, and I'll join you again when we're back. This month, we'd like to make an offer available from our friends at Faith Life Bible. For any gift at our website, DougMirrenRadio.com, you will receive this month the hard copy Bible from Faith Life. This study Bible is loaded with the latest in Bible scholarship and will be sent right out to you by our friends at Faith Life. Or you may mail gifts to Doug Murin, caught on tape at 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Please forward any questions to doug.murin at gmail.com. You will love this hard copy illustrated Bible. You can also receive an offer from Faith Life and the Murin Group for Bible software packages by any size gift at dougmurinradio.com in the gift section. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin Caught on Tape at 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurinRadio.com.